And welcome in everybody to another edition of the Pick'em Podcast here on the Block M Podcast Network, an affiliate of Fans for Sports Network. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and uh, usual host here, Luke Giardi, is out sick this week, so hopefully he rests up and is uh, back in Adam next week to make some more picks on the Pick'em Podcast. Uh, you know, we've got a good slate this week, so I am very happy to bring in, at the very least, my man, Dan Plucker. Dan, how are you doing this week, and uh, how confident are you feeling uh, coming off another uh, 500 uh, week? Four and four. I don't think you've been under 500 yet this year. Must feel pretty good, buddy. Yeah, somehow uh, I've maintained that four and four mark at least every single week. Um, so I don't really know what's happening and how that's possible either, but here we are. Uh, and it's, we've had a couple close calls that have definitely maybe a ball bounced my way in those different situations. So happy about it and happy. I can be a little bit of a consolation prize, even though Luke isn't here today too. So I know that, uh, he was under 500 last week, but you Vaughn were right back at 500 yourself. Yeah, man. I was pretty happy about, uh, the, okay. It was so interesting because my first four picks last week all lost. And then the back half, I saw that those four all hit. So I was like, okay, well, it it usually doesn't happen that way. Like to go right off the bat, go own four and then finish four and oh, just interesting. Uh, but yeah, Utah covering was really nice. Florida state being able to somehow, some way win and cover that game. Uh, That was kind of cool, too. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, looking at the standings for this year, uh, you and I both went four and four last week. Luke, unfortunately, dipped under 500 last week, went three and five. So, Dan, you are on top of the mountain at uh, 38, 28 and three. I am two games back at uh, 36, 30 and three. And Luke is uh, one game back of me at 35, 31, and 3. So uh, let's just get right into the picks, man. We've got a Big Ten doozy to start off with. Michigan State heading to Minnesota as seven-point underdogs. Uh, Going to be a really interesting game in the Big Ten this week. There aren't a ton of them uh, to choose from. This is certainly one of them. Dan, who are you going to be taking uh, with Michigan State heading on the road as seven-point dogs in Minneapolis. Yeah, I like this Minnesota team um, overall, but I feel like a full touchdown is such an overreaction to what happened last week. I mean, Minnesota beat Iowa, yes, but they also got pretty lucky with the whole Cooper DeGene, uh fair catch, not fair yeah, catch Yeah, that, that was crazy, man. It was it was unbelievable. It was maybe uh, one of the worst officiating calls I've ever seen, and it cost Iowa the football game. And when you when you have an Iowa offense that is lucky to pick up two yards a carry uh, or two yards a down, essentially, uh, it's it's pretty difficult when you have an explosive play like that taken away from you because they're so few and far between. I know it wasn't even on the offensive end, but my goodness, uh, and that's been the problem for both of these teams, both Minnesota and Michigan State throughout the course of the season is just inconsistent offensive play. They both have really stellar defenses up to last week uh, where obviously Michigan State got throttled against Michigan. Uh, Michigan State's defense was number 26 on S&P+. Plus. Uh, I'm just not buying that they're a full touchdown worse than Minnesota, even though this game is in Minneapolis. Um, on the road, Michigan State's also 1-0-1 against the spread as an underdog this year. Um, and 
you know, I think that these are two very similar teams and for a seven point difference, I'm willing to ride with the Michigan state side. I honestly would not be shocked if the Spartans actually pulled out and won this game. Uh, So I'm going to be going with the Spartans plus seven in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite here, actually. I'm going to take Minnesota minus the seven. I do think that it is a bit of a stretch uh, for like an overreaction as far as how the spread goes with this one. But I actually do think Minnesota is going to be able to put some points on the board. Darius Taylor, their star freshman running back, returned last week against Iowa. And while he didn't have the most productive day on the ground, I think that's just a key point as far as how this offense is going to work uh, for uh, P.J. Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Michigan State couldn't get anything going offensively last week against Michigan. And I said last week when we were picking the Michigan Michigan State game, uh, that game a couple weeks ago now against Rutgers for Michigan State kind of told me everything I need to know about this team. And they kind of just laid on the ground and just accepted defeat against Michigan. They had no interest in playing that game. I'm sure they have no interest in going to Minnesota to play this game. So uh, they haven't beaten a uh, FBS level opponent yet this season. And I don't think they are going to this week either. I will pick Minnesota to uh, cover the seven-point spread. Moving out west to the Pac-12, we've got uh, Coach Prime in Colorado heading to number 23, UCLA. And the Bruins are 17-point favorites. How do you see this one playing out, Danny Boy? Yeah, UCLA's only losses this year have come on the road against top 25 teams. Uh, I believe it was Utah. No, Utah was at home. I can't remember. It was Oregon State and Utah, I think, are the two that I have in mind. Uh, but they're 2-1 and one against the spread at home, and the only one they didn't cover was 15.5 points against Coastal Carolina in Week 1. And listen, UCLA's defense is really damn good. They're allowing just 68.6 yards per game on the ground, and Colorado's going to have to fo- – they're going to be forced to throw the ball this entire game on the road. Um, that's basically what happened at Oregon a couple weeks ago. And we saw how that went down for the Buffaloes. I just don't trust this team. They're five 13 and one against the spread in their last 19 games, a little bit better uh, this year at three, three and one against the spread, but I just don't see this offense performing well uh, against a defense that might be better than anyone that Oregon has faced so far this, or excuse me, that Colorado has faced outside of Oregon potentially earlier this season. And if we're being completely honest too, If it weren't for Dante Moore uh, and the incredible amount of pick sixes he thrown, (laughs) UCLA might, they, they, they might be a top five team in the country and competing with Washington and Oregon this season. So I'll be laying the points, even though it's 17 uh, with UCLA against Colorado in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with UCLA in this one as well to cover the 17 points at home. Look, man, Colorado had a lot of hype at the very beginning of the season. They beat TCU on the road. And obviously we now know that it isn't as impressive of a win as it looked in week one, even though in week one, I still didn't think it was like that great of a win. Uh, But with all of the transfers and everything, I mean, it, it got a lot of media hoopla and then they went on a bit of a roll, beat Nebraska and, you know, Colorado State. That was an incredible game. So they've kind of regressed a little bit to where I expected them to be before the season started. 
And you're right. If Dante Moore hasn't thrown like three or four pick sixes this year, they very well could be sitting in the top 10 of the AP poll uh, and being one of the competitors, the main competitors in the Pac-12 this season. So, yeah, I I think I'm going to roll with UCLA in this one. You alluded to their defense being elite. Uh, number 14 on SP plus and their offense is sneaky good too at number 26. And then you flip over to the Colorado side of things and it's completely different, at least defensively. They're 112 on S and P plus, and there are 133 teams on SP plus not great, Bob. So yeah, I'm going to take UCLA uh, to win and cover that 17 point spread at home. All right, let's head to another uh, matchup with another ranked opponent here. And this is a really interesting one because uh, Oklahoma, number six, Oklahoma, they're heading to Kansas as 10-point favorites. And uh, they were a bit of a shocker to me last week playing uh, UCF, I believe it was, and and barely squeaking that one out. Uh, But, uh, Dan, how do you see this one playing out at Kansas, home dogs by 10 points. You're going to side with the home dog, or do you think Oklahoma uh, continues to uh, assert its dominance on the Big 12? Yeah, I played UCF plus 18 and a half last week. It just felt like a little bit too much um, for a team that's put up a lot of points offensively. Uh, had UCF and Oklahoma was coming off the bye, still kind of just sitting at the top and saying, we just beat Texas, we're going to beat everybody. It felt like a, a regression week for Oklahoma last week. Uh, but I think that this game and this spread is another overreaction now uh, to how Oklahoma played last week against UCF because – Let's be clear, they are much better than Kansas, much better than Kansas. Uh, before last week, Oklahoma was 6-0 and against the spread in 2023, and I think they bounced back to cover on the road against a, a Kansas team that is good, but just not at that level that Oklahoma is. And Kansas consistently fails to cover the spread as well. In their last 11, the Jayhawks are 3-8 and against the spread. They're 0-5 against the spread in their last five Big 12 games as well. Kansas's defense stinks, even though their offense is right now the most efficient in the country. I saw that they're averaging like 7.12 yards per play or something like that. Uh, I just think that Oklahoma's defense is is probably better than anything Kansas has faced outside of Texas's this season. And we saw how Texas pulled away when Texas was playing like Texas in that game against Kansas earlier this season, even though Texas was at home. I just think Dylan Gabriel has one of those wow games uh, that happens in the Big 12 because they don't know how to play defense. And uh, Oklahoma wins by a large margin at or on the road uh, and they start to get that hype back of being a college football playoff contender after kind of a dud last week against UCF. I'm rolling with Oklahoma too. You hit on a lot of points that I wanted to hit on. Uh, UCF actually has a pretty decent defense for, uh, you know, having their first year in uh, the Big 12. They're 57 on SP plus defensively, 21 on offense. So really this uh, this game that they played against Oklahoma last week, Shouldn't really be a super big surprise to a lot of people. Uh, But, I mean, that was a pretty big point spread. Uh, Even though it was at Oklahoma, this one's on the road at Kansas. And Kansas has a much worse defense. They're ranked 88th overall on SP+. Now, where they make up for it, Kansas, uh, overall, 
is on offense and special teams. They got number 10 overall special teams, number 13 overall offense. So I do think that they'll be able to put some points on the board in this one. They've always had a very good offense under Lance Leopold, but I do think Oklahoma is, like you just said, they're just the better overall team, and I think they're significantly better enough to where they can and will win on the road by at least... 10 points. So I will lay the 10 points alongside you, Dan, uh, and roll with Oklahoma. Let's go to uh, our first ranked matchup of the weekend here. Number 20, Duke. Been a really interesting team this season. They're traveling to number 18, Louisville, and the Cardinals are four point favorites. How do you see this one going, Dan? Yeah, I think this game is one of two top 25 matchups this week. This week. So it's there, there aren't as many of them as we've seen, I think, from the last couple of weeks in college football. Not to say there are bad games. I think there's a lot of really interesting contests. Um, but these are two teams that I don't think are top 25 teams. I mean, Duke kind of showed uh, who they were last week against Florida State. I think they lucked out playing a lot of those big games at home earlier in the season. Uh, I have a feeling that we see them drop out of the top 25. And uh, Louisville, I think they're just kind of riding on that win over Notre Dame. Um, and outside of that, I mean, they've they've had a couple of good wins. I think it's a great first year. Obviously, some really positive momentum for them with the new head coach and a new system. But I just don't think that they're quite there yet to be a top 25 caliber team. S&P Plus agrees with me. Duke's number 26. Louisville's number 27. So these two teams are pretty much neck and neck. Uh, they're also both coming off losses, though. Louisville uh, obviously lost to Pittsburgh last week uh, at Pittsburgh. And Duke, you know, we talked about it, blown up against Florida State. Uh, the Cardinals have just been so good at home this year. 3-0 and against the spread, including that upset win over Notre Dame. And their run defense is among the country's best, allowing just 97.1 yards per game. They held Notre Dame to just 44 yards on the ground at home a couple of weeks ago. I think this game goes really similarly for Duke. Uh, and you, we saw how things go when you put uh, the game in the arm of Riley Leonard. Uh, on the road last week. So give me the Cardinals and the points at home. And that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah. You know, I went back and forth with this one. I think I'm going to side with Duke though. I mean, you kind of laid out a little bit of my reasoning for why I'm picking Duke. Duke is 26 on SP plus Louisville is 27. Duke has the 40th ranked offense per SP plus Louisville's 33 Duke has a better defense, number 18, Louisville's 26. I mean, you you get what I'm saying here. And when you've got two teams that are just neck and neck, and, and, and they're both so uncertain as well, with Duke obviously losing um, uh, the previous game against Florida State, and then Louisville also dropping that horrendous game against Pitt. That was a real shocker in my world. I was not expecting them to... Uh, lose, but not only lose, but the way that they did drop that game, that was a bit of a stunner. So I think both these teams have a little bit to prove this week. Uh, and I just kind of see this being a slugfest kind of back and forth. So I think I'm going to roll with Duke and just take the team that is getting the points. Uh, so yeah, I'll take Duke plus four and uh, cross my fingers and close my eyes and just pray that uh, it works out. So we'll see how it goes. But moving on though, to the SEC, got a pretty decent matchup here as well. Number 21, Tennessee 
are three and a half point favorites traveling to another sneaky good team this season that I certainly did not expect them to be uh, in the upper echelon and competing with some of these other SEC teams. Uh, but the Kentucky Wildcats, we got another home dog, three and a half uh, being given. Uh, how do you see this one playing out, Dan? I'm really curious to hear what you got to say about this one. Yeah, last couple of weeks, I feel like I've given you a money line team uh, to take in, in with these uh, home dogs. And this week, it's the Kentucky Wildcats. I have them on the money line, plus 145 on DraftKings. Uh, the Vols are 1-4 and four against the spread in their last five games on the road. And Kentucky lost to Missouri last week at home. Now, they've lost two straight. Uh, but the other game was at Georgia a couple weeks ago. Then they had a bye week heading into that game against Missouri. And the Wildcats turned the ball over three times in the second half at home, which is why Missouri got such a second-half lead. It's their only home loss of the season and the only time they haven't covered at home this season as well. I think they rebound, play much better this week uh, to upset their second top 25 opponent of the season at home. Plus, Tennessee, things are not going the way that they expected it to go. Tennessee wanted Joe Milton to come in, be a Heisman candidate, and like keep the momentum of what happened with Hendon Hooker rolling into this season, being a college football playoff competitor. And I feel like they're just struggling with like week in, week out offensively because he's so inefficient at quarterback. And I, I just don't see them being able to come into Kentucky, one of a, a place that's suddenly becoming a really difficult place to play in the SEC and winning by more than a field goal because you also get the number if you're playing the spread here. Again, I have the money line, so I'm playing the points with Kentucky if I got the spread, but I also have them on the money line here. Yes, same dude. I mean, this is this is the play of the week if you're looking for a home dog. Uh definitely roll with Kentucky in this one. Um I mean, it's just uh I mean, you look at their defense. Their defense has been playing lights out this season, which has been really nice to see out of a team that uh you, you got to go up against so many good offenses all 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 year, really, month in, month out. They're number 12 overall rushing defense. Uh, have given up just seven rushing touchdowns all season and 95.7 rush yards a game. And when you have a good rush defense, that means that you're going to put the opponent in a position where they're going to have to rely on their quarterback to make throws and make plays. And I don't see Joe Milton being that guy, like you said, Dan. I mean, if you're going to put the ball in Joe Milton's hand, and rely on him to win you a game, that is a really tall order if you ask me. I've seen it as a Michigan fan personally. I know you have as well, Tan. Uh, it's not a, it's not a good recipe by any means. So, uh, yeah, I am going to take Kentucky uh, with the three and a half points. I very well might play them on the money line as well. Uh, so just uh, bottom line, don't trust Joe Milton uh, really in any situation, but especially on the road. So <laughs> gladly taking the Wildcats with the three and a half points. Moving on though, to the other uh, decent big 10 game of the week. And I say decent because this one may not even be that great. We'll see how it goes. Ohio state, the number three team in the country heading to Wisconsin to take on Luke fickle and the Badgers, Ohio state coming into this game as 14 and a half point favorites. Dan, as a uh, a resident Wisconsinite, how do you see this one playing out? 
Yeah, I have Ohio State minus 14 and a half pretty easily here. And if I could, I would put two units on it, but I can't bet on it since I live here in Wisconsin. Uh, they actually X day in the whole betting on the, I know it's, it's, it's a stupid law, but hey, I kind of get it. There's a lot of family and stuff I'm sure that could <laughs> have insider info or whatever. I don't know. It's baloney. But uh, yeah, I think Ohio State just takes care of business in this game. Um, and Wisconsin, they just have not been consistent this year whatsoever. Um, and I have just, I've been very unimpressed with the way that they have looked in the first year under Luke Fickle. And it's because there is a misalignment between coaching philosophy and the personnel that actually takes the field. I mean, this is a team that has been recruited and built by a pure Big Ten uh, ideology and they're bringing in a Big 12 kind of mentality with Luke Fickle of throwing the ball a little bit more often and relying more on your offense to win games. And it, it's good. They're still good enough because they have talent. Braylon Allen's one of the top running backs in um, college football, uh, especially, but he's been underutilized this year. And like I said, just not very impressed with them. They should have lost to Illinois last week. It took a crazy fourth quarter comeback. They got beat by Iowa at home and Iowa's offense sucks and they still couldn't put enough offense on the field themselves (laughs) to beat them. Uh, and then they struggled against Georgia Southern in week two as well. All those games, uh, being at home, except for the Illinois game, which was, uh, at Illinois this last week. Um, and they also have a freshman at quarterback. Braden Locke uh, will get the start, and he's completing barely over 50% of his passes this season. The Buckeyes have been great against the spread against Wisconsin over the last couple of years. The last nine times they've played, they're 7-2 and two ATS. Ohio State takes advantage of everything I just listed, and they're going to roll. They're going to roll against Wisconsin. Wisconsin, uh, They're much worse than the 5-2 and two record that they have. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take the Buckeyes in this one as well, Dan. I know it's like the half point over 14, so we got to lay that uh, extra half point, which always sucks. But at this point with Wisconsin, I mean, you kind of hit on a lot of the points I was going to say as well with uh, especially that game last week against Illinois. They were down 21 to seven heading into the fourth quarter, put up 18 points alone in the fourth quarter. And that may be impressive in its own right. But to be losing 21 to seven to Illinois of all teams, I mean, come on. I know it's on the road, but Illinois is not a world beater and not definitely not the team that they were last season when they had Ryan Walters as uh, the defensive guru of that uh, defense there with all those guys that eventually went to the NFL. So it's, it's going to be tough sledding, I think, for uh, Luke Fickle and his Badgers team. Uh, on Saturday night, I know it's, it's a night game. It's at Wisconsin. You got all that good stuff going for you. I'm sure everybody's going to be, uh, recollecting about the, uh, 2010 game at Wisconsin that they defeated number one, Ohio state back then. Uh, but uh, this is just a a far cry from what a Wisconsin football used to be. It's going to take a little bit of time for them to recruit the guys that they need uh, to play the scheme that they want to play. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the 14 and a half with Ohio state and uh, I'll roll with the Buckeyes to continue their dominance in the big 10 moving into uh, the uh, really the big stretch of the season here uh, in the month of November. Before we move on to our last couple games, we're really excited about this next announcement. Tom Brady, 
And the team at Autograph have just announced the release of a game-changing new app that recognizes Michigan fans for their acts of fandom. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to all your favorite Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines. All for doing the things that you already do like listening to this podcast, reading stories on mazenbrew.com, etc. So head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download it for free today. Moving into our uh, final uh, ranked matchup of the weekend that we're going to pick from here. Oregon going to Utah. This, this, in my opinion, like this is the, the cream of the crop when it comes to college football this weekend. Number eight, Oregon laying six and a half points going on the road to take on number 13, Utah, who just came off an upset, uh, over USC last weekend. That was one of the few that I had, uh, with the underdogs last week. I rolled with Utah and, uh, I, I don't want to spoil my pick. I very well might do it again. Dan, what do you expect to happen this weekend in Utah? Yeah, I'm not surprised by the spread. Um, but it just feels really weird to see the Utes as underdogs at home. And there's a reason for that. Uh, Utah's eight and two against the spread in the last season and a half at home, three and one against the spread this year, um, at in Salt Lake City. And in that span, they have never been the underdog. This is the first time in two years that Utah is the underdog at home. So I'm going to be taking Utah in the touchdown here. Uh, Utah's offense. There's still a plenty of question marks, especially now since Cam Rising uh, is no longer going to be coming back. I think we kind of inkled that a couple weeks ago. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's the next quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> Fingers crossed uh, that they can maybe get him in the portal. But, uh, you know, Utah's offense, like I said, I'm just a little concerned about them. But there's something about playing in Salt Lake City, man, that everybody crumbles. And uh, this game was in Oregon last year. It was a really tight one, 20 to 17 in Eugene. Bo Nix obviously was there. Dan Lanning was there. It's the same system, same quarterback, a lot of the similar players. Um, and the last time Oregon came to Utah, I remember, because I think it was week one or week two of the NFL season, Kayvon Thibodeau was the big hype. Oregon was going to be a top team in the country, and Utah demolished them in that game. Uh, so I, I'm going to be looking with, Utah here, uh, getting the points at home plus six and a half. And if you're feeling a little fortuitous, I would maybe put the mon- some money on the money line here uh, for Utah as well. Yeah, man. I mean, it's Utah, isn't it? I mean, I probably spoiled my pick before you made yours, but that's totally fine. I was going to pick Utah uh, anyways. Uh, I mean, come on. How can you not? They're at home. They're the home dog. I mean, we talk about home dogs all the time. Utah is just one of those teams that everybody loves to underestimate until they like beat up on a couple of big time, like blue blood schools. And, yep. and we're seeing what happened now with, uh, with USC. And I mean, they've been a great program for the last uh, four or five years under head coach Kyle Whittingham, who I think is one of the best head coaches uh, in college football. So yeah, I mean, they, they uh, upset USC uh, at the buzzer last weekend on the road. 
Uh, and then they've just been you know, outside of the Oregon State game. That was kind of the one game where they laid a stinker. But honestly, uh, that game was still pretty competitive, even though they lost by 14 points. And that was kind of one of those weird in-between weeks where it was like, is it going to be Nate Johnson? Is it going to be uh, the other quarterback that they've been going back and forth with? And, you know, even with that game, uh, their defense still played quite well, had an interception on DJ Uyunglele. I think a lot of people are underestimating this Utah program and have been for uh, quite some time. So I will gladly take the points with the Utes and uh, hope that they can uh, continue uh, their upset-minded ways uh, this weekend. So our final pick of the week it is uh, one of the premier rivalries in college football year in and year out. Number one, Georgia, 14 and a half point favorites at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party taken on the Florida Gators. How do you see this one playing out, Dan? Yeah, you know, Georgia's one and four against the spread in their last five games. This one's on the neutral field in Jacksonville, pretty central between Athens and Gainesville, but one of three times that Georgia leaves the state of Georgia this season for a college football game, which is just asinine scheduling. You talk about Michigan's bad schedule. Georgia's schedule it's so is bad. By far it's even horrible. worse. This is Florida this Florida team is probably the second, maybe third best team that they have on their schedule. And I know there are a couple of top 25 opponents on the way, but I don't know if they're all going to be in the top 25 by the time that we get there, hint, hint, Tennessee being one of them. Um, but I've been told by Georgia fans to go to this game that it's mostly GA fans over the last couple of years in this stadium. But with that being said, I just have a feeling about Florida this week. And Graham Mertz has been damn good the last couple weeks. Not just good, but damn good the last couple weeks. He completed over 80% of his passes in two of the last three games. And he kind of has that Florida offense humming a little bit. I know they struggled with South Carolina last week, um, but that was on the road in South Carolina, just like Georgia struggled to put up points. Uh, I mean, Florida put up a lot of points, but Georgia struggled against South Carolina in South Carolina, too. I think Florida covers the 14 and a half point spread because it's this is like the the key Georgia number. Georgia's on the road or not playing at home. They're 14 and a half point favorites. It has not gone well for them this year. I, I like Florida. And if I'm feeling really risky, maybe I'll throw like five bucks on Florida to uh, pull <laughs> off an upset here because it's it's plus 450, I think. Uh, for Florida to win this game on DraftKings, which it, it feels reasonable. It doesn't seem like it's outside the realm of possibility, especially as they're going to be trying to figure out their offense without Brock Bowers, um, who's by far their most dynamic and best offensive player. So who knows? Maybe Florida pulls off the upset this week, but uh, I wouldn't put too much money on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to throw a five spot on there, why not? Right. If If you've got the money to do it. I'm going to stick with the Georgia side of things. I think you made some really good points there, buddy. And I, you, you almost convinced me to flip. Uh, Graham Mertz has been uh, honestly great. He's been one of the better quarterbacks in the country. I think at least as far as completion percentage goes, he's certainly up there with, you know, the JJ McCarthy's of the world. He's got 76.2% completion rate. 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, but those two interceptions have come away from the swamp. So I'm a little worried about how he performs 
Uh, I know it's a neutral site, but like you said, I mean, this is more or less a road environment for uh, the Gators, unfortunately for them. And uh, offensively, I think Georgia will be fine without Brock Bowers. What does it hurt? Absolutely. He's one of the premier tight ends and just overall pass catchers in the country. But I do expect Carson Beck and company to just continue to throw the ball around. Uh, they're averaging 509.4 total yards per game uh, and uh, 7.13 yards per play. Uh, I I just don't expect Florida's defense to keep up with what or Florida's defense to keep up with what Georgia has to, uh, uh, you know, offend them, I guess. Uh, I just, I, this one's a tough one for me because it, it kind of goes against what I said with the Ohio state one with, uh, 14 and a half, Georgia's getting 14 and a half. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to always pick those and I hate doing it, but I think I'm going to do it again and, uh, I'll lay the 14 and a half with Georgia. And again, just hope and pray, close my eyes and, and pray to God that, uh, something good comes my way with this one. Uh, so, uh, that's it for the picks here and, uh, real quick, Dan, I know we got just a few minutes here, so, uh, let's get to our eliminator pick. We both got ours correct last week. Who are you going to be siding with, uh, this week in the big 10? Yeah, we were both a little nervous with Nebraska, I think for a large portions of that game last week, um, this week, I didn't like any of them to be honest with you. So I went with the one that I, uh, talked about a little bit earlier, Ohio State over Wisconsin. Um, unfortunately, I'd already picked quite a few um, that were a little bit more intriguing for me this week. So uh, I got to roll with the Buckeyes. I think that they blow out Wisconsin. Um, and, you know, we're hitting that like second of the three quarters of the season mark. So picking the best three teams in the Big Ten in that patch, uh, I got to pick Ohio State like right around this time, right? <laughs> Save Michigan for the last portion of the season. So I'm riding with the Buckeyes. Man, I thought long and hard about Ohio State. I'm going to roll the dice. You very well could win this thing this week, but I'm going to take Minnesota against Michigan State. I think at home, okay. uh, I think Michigan State is one of the worst teams, not only in the Big Ten, but the country. And I think they'll be able to get the job done. And hopefully I'll be able to hang on and keep the Buckeyes and Michigan in my back pocket for uh, the month of November in our eliminator challenge. So it's going to be interesting, man. We'll see how it goes. I appreciate everybody out there listening as always. Uh, uh, Dan, where can uh, the folks find you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R or at D Plucker on the Action Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Feel free to give Mason Brew a follow for all of our coverage on all the exciting things going on at the University of Michigan. Not really a whole lot going on uh, right now. Uh, if you know, just stay away from the news cycle right now. But go go to Mason. Yeah, Brew. too many. Too many. I think maybe too many things happening right now. <laughs> not a, not a whole lot going on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, go check out Mason Brew at Mason Brew. Appreciate you guys all for listening. Hopefully Luke Giardi uh, gets healthy and is back next week. Uh, But until then, uh, have a good weekend, and we'll see you next time on the Pick'em Podcast.